the Spirit and the Church cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. All those who await his appearance pray, Come, Lord Jesus. The whole creation pleads, When John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The cross is a scandal especially when it comes into our own lives because we are Christians and because we believe in Jesus and because we want others to know his love. John the Baptist was a faithful messenger who prepared the way for the Lord's coming, but he suffered. In calling the people to repentance for their sin, He offered them hope and comfort in the Savior. He might have preached words like this. In him is forgiveness for all your sins. In him is life with God. In him is comfort and peace. In him is rescue from all evil. He offered hope and comfort in Jesus. As sinners heard the word and flooded to him in contrition to have their sins washed away in holy baptism, he was encouraged, for he saw the fruit of his labors, the very reason he was called to be a prophet and the forerunner of Jesus in the first place. But in the midst of all of this hope and comfort, as he prepared the Lord's way, John was arrested by Herod Antipas and thrown into prison. John had no comforts there. In exchange for offering the hope of new life in Christ, he was given the dungeon and would lose his head at the hands of of Antipas's executioner. Let us understand clearly what John was going through. Let us sympathize with him. Let us empathize with him. It is never easy to be a faithful Christian or minister of the gospel. And one of the most difficult things is when people whom you love and know reject the faith that you hold so dear. John was called to say some difficult things for his congregation to hear, but he did so 
because he was a faithful steward of what St. Paul called the mysteries of grace, the gifts of God's love. But when that is rejected, and when you suffer the cross because of it, it can be a devastating attack upon your own faith. Let us understand that about John. Let us sympathize, and if it has happened to you, let us empathize. This helps us understand the question he sent to Jesus by two of his disciples. When he heard in prison about the works of Christ, he said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? John rightfully and understandably needed encouragement and he needed strength. There has never been a prophet and there has never been a Christian who did not need such encouragement. And in Jesus' reply to him, he is not scolding him. It is not easy to be imprisoned for the name of Christ. It is not easy to have your ministry or your confession of faith rejected. It is not easy to be put to death because you confess Christ. That point should be obvious to us, don't you think? So the strength that he offered in his preaching, the comfort that he offered, John also needed to receive. Jesus needed to strengthen him or he could not be faithful unto death. The same is true for you. It is interesting, isn't it, that John did not merely ask Jesus if he was, in fact, the Messiah, but he also added a question, or do we look for another? That question, I would argue, is not a question of despair or unbelief but rather one of faith in the promise of God. In other words, he believes in the Messiah and who the Messiah is according to the Scriptures and in what the Messiah would do, even though there has never been a preacher or a Christian who hasn't entertained the question, is it really true? John's reply, or Jesus' reply to John is significant because it teaches us that our faith in Jesus as Messiah does not rest in our feelings or our attitude, and it certainly doesn't rest in our experiences. But rather, as we discussed last Wednesday, it rests upon the objective word of God from outside of ourselves. The Holy Scriptures are the only source of faith. They are the only source of faith's certainty, and they are the only source of comfort because it is only when the Word of God is preached according to the Scriptures does Jesus come to us. When Jesus says, go and tell John the things which you hear and see, you might think that Jesus is simply directing him to his experiences, but not so. The things that Jesus did 
were the things that the scriptures foretold concerning Messiah. They were, if you will, the enfleshment, the incarnation of the very promises of God recorded in the Old Testament prophets. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me, offended because of my suffering, or offended because of the suffering that comes into their lives. These physical signs were the spiritual miracles that the scriptures foretold. Everything Jesus did fulfilled the scriptures and therefore created and strengthened faith. Jesus gave sight to the blind, and in so doing, they saw clearly their own sin and the all-sufficiency of God's grace to cover their sin with complete and full mercy. Jesus made cripples walk, and in so doing, there was freedom for them from every form of spiritual bondage and the darkness that had entered their lives. Jesus cleansed the lepers, and in so doing, he purified them from every corruption caused by their own sin or by sins committed against them. Jesus restored hearing to the deaf, and in so doing, they heard the sweet words of forgiveness. I have called you by name. You are mine. I forgive you all your sins. And their consciences were given hope and the comfort of which the prophet Isaiah foretold. Jesus raised the dead. And in so doing, he proclaimed the resurrection of the body to new life and immortality to every believer. Jesus preached the gospel of the free forgiveness to the poor, and in so doing, he gave them the treasures of heaven. There is a certain sense in which Jesus was directing John to look not at the rejection that he had experienced, but rather to look at the comfort and the power of the gospel in the lives of those who received it. Such is often the encouragement to a minister who is being faithful, not to look at those who reject, but rather to look at those who receive and to rejoice. And the same is true for us in our own lives. Not to dwell upon those who reject, but to look at those who receive and to rejoice with them that they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, Jesus told John, go and tell John what you hear and see. He was strengthened by what he heard and saw in Jesus because what he heard and what he saw was anchored in the words of the Old Testament prophets and in what Isaiah foretold. In that day the deaf shall hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord and the poor among men shall rejoice. And again Isaiah says, Say to those who are fearful-hearted, 
Be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with a recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. It didn't take away the imprisonment in Herod's dungeon. It didn't spare him from having his head lopped off. But it strengthened him and comforted him. And the same encouragement is there for you. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is Son of God. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus has called me by name. I need look for no one else because only he comforts my troubled soul. Only he heals my wounds. Only he raises me from the dead. I shall not die, but I shall live. The cross entered John's life when he was imprisoned for the name of Jesus. But in the end, the scriptures that directed his faithful ministry as the voice that cried in the wilderness, comfort, comfort my people, also strengthened him and fortified him. We preach best what we need to hear the most. He was made faithful unto death, and the Lord gave him the crown of life. The Holy Scriptures do the same for you. Quiet confidence, sturdy hope, and a comfort for a troubled conscience, only the Holy Scriptures can work these miracles. Because only the Holy Scriptures give us Jesus. So when next he comes in glory and the world is wrapped in fear, he will shield us with his mercy and with words of love draw near. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs, for Chuck Hartwig and Ashley Sawetsky, remembering their baptism, 
for Mark Gretzinger recuperating from knee surgery, George Kaminsky recovering from pneumonia, Anna Steinhill recovering from surgery, Patty Rothy in rehab, Reverend Dr. John Willey, Reverend Luke Berenger, Jean Royce, Gabby Hartwig, and Michael in cancer treatment, Lyle Woolen, Sue Everhard, and Karen in hospice. Almighty and everlasting God, who by the mouths of your holy prophets proclaim the advent of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the desire of all nations, the hope of Israel, and the Redeemer of the world, grant us repentance for all our sin, humble us that we may be thankful in all circumstances of life, and be prepared to receive him with gladness when he comes again in glory. Bless Chuck, Ashley, and all the baptized that we might remain faithful throughout our earthly sojourn. Bring healing according to your will to Mark, George, Anna, Patty, John, Luke, Jean, Gabby, and Michael. Sustain in your peace Lyle, Sue, and Karen as their earthly life draws to a close. Arise, O Son of Righteousness, with healing in your wings, that the nations which sit in darkness and in the shadow of death may behold your great light and all flesh see the salvation of our God. Grant us grace to pass this time of our sojourn in fear, in daily watchfulness and prayer, in ever looking for and hastening to the day of your second coming, when you will appear again in the clouds of heaven with all your holy angels to be adored by all who believe and dreaded by those who have rejected the gospel. Do not let that day come upon us unawares or surprise us in impenitence and unbelief. And when you come again in your power, enable us with all saints to lift up our heads with joy. Hear us, O eternal Son of the Father, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.